It's been over a month since I last posted an unusually long time for me to step away from family history and happenings. If you read my September 19th post, you will recall that I wrote about recent tumultuous, terrific, tragic, and treasured times, life still is going on, often out of my control, but God still is in charge, and in Him I trust. Roy Joanne, and Mama's Boston Bull, about 1949. Today brings back a couple memories, a dichotomy of memories if you will. You see, 61 years ago today, October 24, 1955, my maternal grandfather Robert Gideon Ford, Roy, as most called him passed away in our living room while we weren't at home. I was just about 60 days shy of my ninth birthday and in third grade. Roy called us at my aunt's where we were visiting, just about half an hour away from our home. He and his son, Johnny, had traveled from upstate New York to pick up the remaining items following their move from Glendale, Maryland, to Beaver's Dam, Elmira, New York just a few short weeks before. He told Dad he had indigestion and was thinking about stealing one of his last beers from the refrigerator. Only minutes later my uncle called us back to say that Roy had taken a swallow of beer and then fell off of our couch. Turns out his indigestion was a heart attack and he passed on, on our living room floor. Roy and I were very close. I'm told as an infant, that Roy called me Puddin' and Pumpkin Head. I was born six weeks premature, and I had no hair on my head, eyebrows, or eyelashes on my eyelids. I spent most weekends with my grandparents on their farm and enjoyed every minute of time together with them and my Uncle Johnny and his house filled with five other children. We helped plant vegetables, climbed and pulled fruit from the trees, dug up potatoes, pulled vegetables from the garden just before meals, walked around barefoot, including into the chicken coop, to get eggs that the hens had laid, got chased by a bull while we were bent over picking strawberries, played hide-and-seek in the dark, and sat outside on the screened-in porch and counted the number of cars on the trains as they passed by just outside the yard. Yes, it was difficult for me to understand and to cope with Roy's absence, but he and my grandmother enter my thoughts nearly every day. They suffered and survived many difficulties and hardships together about 30 years, I'd say. Roy was only 57 years old at the time of his death. I still love and miss him, and hold on to to so many fine memories of this man who didn't attend church, but paraphrase 1 Peter 3:10. if you can't say anything nice about people, don't say anything at all. Now, let's fast forward about nine years and a happier time in my life. It's October 24, 1964, and I'm approaching my 18th birthday in early January. I started working part-time in my senior year of high school and I'm dating a 20-year-old Marine who I met at work. When we were first introduced I could feel my skin melting, my knees shaking, and my stomach quivering. I just knew my parents wouldn't approve and the chances would be slim that we would ever date. I was wrong, but they weren't all that eager about it either. It was a whirlwind love affair that began at first sight. With me still attending school and him stationed at Quantico, our dating was confined to weekends mostly with friends after the store closed on Friday nights at the home of the more mature workers. And, it was in North Forestville, among our friends, when we sat off to the sideline and became engaged. I was so stunned by the proposal, that nothing could bring me down off of cloud nine. Not even my mom. In 1964, October 24th, was the night the clocks were turned back from daylight savings time to Eastern Standard Time. My curfew was set at 1 a.m. Well, we pulled up to the curb outside my home, and we were talking about this being the anniversary of my grandfather's death and our plans for our future, and when and how we would break the news to my family. March 27, 1965 Suddenly, my petite mom comes out from inside our house to the car and yanks the door open, grabs me out, 
and says in a very angry and stern voice, Good night, Mr. Dickinson. As she's pulling me by my arm into the house, I'm being asked if I knew what time it was, and what do I think the neighbors will be talking about tomorrow. Turns out, we had been outside my home in the car at the curb for an hour but the clocks had been turned back, so it was still one o'clock. She wasn't buying it, thought I was being smart, and she wanted to do battle. She went so far as to tell me that you think you're being smart not talking to me when I'm talking to you. Well, young lady, you haven't heard the last of this. Unlike other boyfriends Bob wasn't scared off by my parents. I'm not sure why, but he returned the next day and he talked, hiding behind a newspaper, about marrying me. All my dad had to say was well, good luck, cause you're going to need it. My mom said, Frank. Is that all you have to say? And that was it. Of course, mom interrogated me after every date, and if the facts be known, we married sooner than we had planned because the tension was just too much for me to deal with. And, here we are 52 years later, loving each other and life more than ever, and still chuckling over our engagement night. Our eldest son will celebrate his 50th birthday in December and his eldest son, just shy of 30, is a first-time father of a newborn son and posting about cleaning up puke, poopy bottoms, and getting peed on, by both his infant and his eight-week-old shepherd pup. Obi Ladi, Obi Lada, and life goes on.